X marks the spot. Of course, when you hear that, you probably think of that buried treasure. If you followed Indiana Jones years ago, you knew about that treasure. If you followed pirates, you knew about them wanting that treasure. And of course, without a map, it's hard to find the treasure. And then, of course, along the way, there are a lot of perils. Today's lesson is called Riches That Matter. Is it the same as the riches the pirates were looking for? I don't think so. Let's look at riches that matter. And the first point is blessings. People should want God's blessings. I hope you would agree with that. The sun, rain, good soil, health, salvation. And Adam and Eve were very privileged to have understood God's blessings for this planet prior to the fall of man. They saw the abundance and the beauty and the, the difference between our earth now as it was to then. So when they looked at life after the fact, they could distinguish the difference. But it's still God's blessings. Whatever we receive is still God's blessings. Even though they had to work at a little bit more by the sweat of their brow, maybe dealing with more thorns and more issues that way, it is still God's blessings. We've talked about the covenant of blessings and curses a lot that came from the Old Testament. And that was given to the Israelites, according to Deuteronomy, for their connection with, or with the connection with the covenant of the law of Moses. And in that covenant of the law of blessings and curses, God knew that these people, who are more like agrarian in nature anyway, understood that these blessings that God gives that allows them to grow their crops, that allows them to have what they have to create their wine, to create their product, all comes from God. So it's not a hard thing, if you think about it, for God to say, what's the easiest thing for me to get their attention when they're not following my direction? And that's the covenant of blessings and curses. The, the correction comes in, are you receiving the amount of blessings that God had given you in the past? Do you know the difference? Is mold and mildew coming in to spoil 50% of your crop? If what you bring in in your, your vats or whatever it is, is, is producing the way it is, is bringing the income the way it should be, these Israelites would have understood that correctly. So basically the idea of covenants of blessings and curses is, if you follow my directions, I will bless you. I will allow nature to do for you because it comes from me. But if you don't, that's called curses. And that's the idea of, hey, this is an attention getter. Please repent. Please look toward what it means to follow me. And I will bless you abundantly. Now, does that mean we're not going to have the sweat of our brow anymore? No. Does that mean it's not going to be hard work? No, we're on this side of the Garden of Eden. Things are a lot different than they were for Adam and Eve initially. But that doesn't mean 
we're not being blessed. The challenge is, should it, is everyone rich like Solomon? Did anyone not become sick and die? All these realities continue on, and none of us are equal to the riches of Solomon. But does that mean that God blesses us in a way that shows us that we are not His? Because we're not being blessed like Solomon? On Wednesday nights, we're studying Ezra, and we also looked at the prophet Haggai. Ezra chapter 1 through 6, the people just come back from Mede and Persia Empire, back to the temple in Jerusalem. And their whole goal is to rebuild that temple. So the first thing they did was to rebuild the altar of burnt offerings. And they got busy with all the worship to God. They brought back the feast. You see, it's been 70 years since they've had all this worship experience that they can have, how to obey God, follow Him. And then they got building the, the foundations of the temple with these huge stones, not a poured concrete of four to eight inches, but these huge stones, they worked at it, they went at it. But as we know, life got hard. The people around them were kind of becoming their enemies, trying to hurt their development to bring back the temple. The government had its thumb on them. And then here comes Haggai the prophet saying, have you noticed that your produce is not bountiful like it could be? Have you noticed that the things that you worked and struggled for, the percentage-wise, is not what it should be? Well, there's a reason for that, guys, and you guys know what it is. The covenant of blessings and curses. You see, God sees that you have not worked on the temple. You are supposed to have it completed. So he talks to the governor. He talks to the high priest. He talks to the people and he gets their attention. And even though the decree is against them at that time, what did they do? They repented and they got busy on the temple. You see, the blessings and curses dealt a lot with trust and obedience. And though we don't have specifically a covenant of blessings and curses under Christ's covenant, the principle is similar. But the reality is, God just doesn't love His people. He loves all people, even His enemies. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. But if God withholds and you know that you are in the wrong, what should we do? As a nation, even as individuals, we should seek his blessings. And how do you do that? You repent. You turn towards him. But does that mean we will all be rich? Was everybody rich like Solomon or David 
or some of the prominent people? No. So rich towards God is not all about physical wealth. The second point is folly. When we believe absolutely that riches equal God's approval or that poverty equals God's curses, then this is a problem not only under the Old Testament, but under the New Testament as well. This belief would be folly. <clears throat> it is a false teaching that's even taught today. Have you ever heard about health and wealth, Christianity? It's all about seeking health and wealth. And if you have the health and wealth, you must have God's blessings. But even Proverbs says this, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Proverbs 28, 6. So we go to the story that Christian read for us in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 21. Jesus is confronted by a particular gentleman who is interested in getting his fair share. Have you heard that phrase around our country lately? Getting their fair share. <clears throat> and of course, you've got to know the law and how a will is given out to family after the parents die. The oldest son is going to get the majority. So imagine it's the brother of the oldest son that's coming to Jesus saying, Hey, Jesus, tell my brother to give me what's rightfully mine. You know, divide it evenly. We're under your teachings now, and what does Jesus say? Hold on. Who made me judge and arbiter over you? That's a civil matter, and there's people for that. And then he goes into the idea of covetousness. Wanting physical wealth that someone else has. So he brings up the parable or the story of the rich man. This guy had plenty. Boy, he had crops. Everything was, he even built bigger barns. So if you had the idea that because he was rich, he must be, he is blessed, but he must be blessed by God and that he's living righteously, in this particular story, you'd be incorrect because Jesus said, all he was doing was thinking of himself. All he was doing was thinking of himself. It is one thing when God blesses, blesses a nation for following him. It is another when we believe our riches absolutely equal God's approval. So Jesus said, at the end of that passage in Luke chapter 12, verse 21. So the one who lays up treasure for himself is not rich toward God. That would be folly. Do you rely on your wealth? And I think to a degree we all rely on our labors 
because it helps us provide for ourselves and our family. But even those blessed by God with great wealth, like Abraham, still had trouble. Still had trouble. Lot and his family were in the Sodom and Gomorrah area. Kings came and attacked other kings, in particular the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they wiped them out, even taking Lot and his family. What did Abraham have to do with that? Nothing. But Lot's his nephew. He's got trouble. He's got to go take care of his family, but he has nothing to do with that. So he gathers his men. He goes, saves his family. Even those blessed by God had trouble that didn't come from their particular sin. As you know, I like bees. Crystal and I do the honeybees. And so we were gathering our honey this year, which is not a great amount, but believe it or not, rain really helps. Even honeybees. And we're lacking. So as I was stealing their honey, they decided to get underneath my garments and get into my mask and sting my face. Is that a blessing? No, that wasn't a blessing at all. But one of the hives, we found out, is covered in moss. Moss are horrible to beehives. And not only did they destroy all the honey in all those beehives, they killed all the bees, and all the product of the wax is gross. Now, what are we going to have to do? Well, I found out where to save it, you kind of got to burn the moths out. They're very destructive. But if I relied solely on the, on the product of the honey... That would be foolish, wouldn't it? If I only thought about how that honey could help me survive, that would be foolish. Because even Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, am I devastated by that? Moth destruction, sure. And if I was scaled up on the scale that many of you are in, that would be devastating. But the point is, do you just trust in your hands or do you trust in the one who truly provides even when times are tough? 
The third point in riches that matter is Christian. As Christians, our blessings are abundant. But what are our riches? Are they material wealth? Well, some might have more than others. Some might be like Solomon. Some might be like the poor man who walks in integrity. He's living a life of riches because he's focused on God. But even we should not rely on physical wealth. According to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. There were wealthy Christians even back then. So the concern was, are you trusting in your wealth? Are you trusting in God and letting God lead you with the wealth that you have? For wealth is not evil. But the true riches, the true riches, don't come from the material. Not at all. True riches are spiritual blessings found in Christ. Ephesians 1.7 says the riches of His grace. Ephesians 1.18, the riches of heaven. Ephesians 3.16, the riches of His glory. You see, our true riches don't come from our labor, but our connection with Christ. Our connection with Christ. Any physical wealth should be used for His purpose because it comes from Him. Taking care of the family is a good thing. Focusing on God's mission is a good thing. And also, for our godly enjoyment, it's a good thing. But the neat thing about the riches of Christ is that the more people you bring in to share with those riches, the more you realize that His riches never diminish. We can share the riches of Christ without depleting our own. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2, 6 through 10, and I'll close with that. Ephesians 2, 6 through 10. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Talking about the church so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness 
toward us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The lesson is called Riches That Matter. Riches from God, regardless of what they are, are blessings. But when we think of riches as all us and none God, it's folly. And the Christians have the greatest riches of all. And it's nothing that we can gain by our own work. The grace of Jesus Christ. And the good thing about that grace is you can share it and give it away to as many people as you want because the grace that you have will not deplete if they receive it through Jesus Christ. If there's anybody here, here who has any needs this morning, any prayer requests or otherwise, please come forward to now as together we stand.